You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practice Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and I get the pleasure of finding the coolest people in dentistry who are great influencers and great thinkers with one goal in mind, to bring you the best information to help you improve your practice and your life. And I have a super, super special guest today. Her name is Dr. Grace Young, and she's created one of the coolest movements we've ever seen in dentistry. It's Mommy Dentist in Business, and it is so powerful. So make sure you guys check out what she does. You'll find it incredibly fascinating and very valuable. And as you listen to this episode, you'll see how she thinks and what makes her effort, her movement, so important in dentistry. So check it out. We'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and I get one job, one cool job. I love this profession so much that I get to bring you cool new thinkers, influencers, and people that make a huge difference in this awesome profession of dentistry. And I've got a super huge treat today. I actually have never met her. We're going to meet for the first time live on the podcast. It's Dr. Grace Yum, who started this cool thing called Mommy Dentist in Business. So Grace, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. I feel so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, be prepared to be completely underwhelmed in like five minutes. But, uh, um, you know, and in full transparency, you and I have never met. We've never talked. We've never. Um, but I've been stalking you. So like uh, and I'll tell my story side of the story. Like I was at a conference one time and Aaron Elliott of all people. She's like, Oh, mommy dentist, mommy dentist, mommy dentist. I'm like, who's my, she's like, you don't know who mommy dentist is. And I'm like, who? She's like, it's awesome. And I was like, okay. And then I started following. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And, um, I want you to tell people, cause we have a lot of young listeners now and people, um, I want you to tell your story and I'll say this before you tell your story. I think you're creating one of the I would say top five coolest movements I've ever seen in dentistry. And I'll add oh. some reasoning behind that because I, I have a special place in my heart for female entrepreneurs that we coach, but they always say, you know, it's different for me. Now I'm not a man, so I can't speak to that. I can only <laughs> tell you what I hear, but Grace, tell us your story. How the heck, first of all, who are you? 
and what do you do and how the heck did you create this thing? So, you know, I think your listeners might be speaking of underwhelmed (laughs) (laughs) by my story. So I had the privilege of learning dentistry at an early age. So I really started from the bottom because of family members and family friends and mentors. So I, when I reflect and look back at my start, I was very fortunate to have fallen into dentistry in a way because my dad's best friend was our family dentist, private practitioner in Chicago, taught at Northwestern Dental School. He was also a boards examiner just everything. And, and his kids also went into dentistry, orthodontics and perio. And he really thought that I had a great opportunity to go into dentistry, but that was not my first love. My, when I went to college, I went to Northwestern. I was in the school of speech and mm-hmm. was a communications major. I really wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a news anchor on hard news. I did not want to be a dentist wow you know so however because because of our dentist and his daughter being an orthodontist she went through uic dental did uic orthodontics she she went into associateships and i was basically forced to be her dental assistant and so on weekends I was her orthodontic dental assistant. So wherever practice she was working at, I just had to show up. Wow. I knew nothing. And they wherever I went, she took me. The office would train me. And there were a couple offices that were pedo-ortho. So there was a combination. And on campus, there was one office she landed in in Evanston. So it was really, I just walked to work, super easy. And if she ever wasn't there, they needed extra hands. So they roped me into the pediatric wing. And so then I learned that. So it was like one thing after another, after another. And I enjoyed it because it was extra beer money, if you will, for college. And (laughs) so that, that was my thing, but I didn't do, I was not a bio major. I was not a chemistry major. In fact, I wasn't very good at that. Yeah. And so people kept saying to me, wherever I worked with her, the other doctors would say, you know, you're really good at this. You shouldn't rule it out and just take the basic science classes along with your major, just have it under your belt. So I did that and um, took a gap year. I didn't go into dentistry right away, right. but what I did find was that the patients who looked for me were children and most of them special needs. And so the special needs parents would always book their appointments with me. And that was just my calling. And so I, you know, I took a year off from dentistry and I really missed the patient interaction. And I really missed the hands-on component because with orthodontics, the assistant does like 80% 80% of the work, you know, so I missed all of that. So then I was thinking, well, maybe I should go to dental school and I missed it so much. So I did, I applied and decided I would go away for the first time because I was born and raised Chicago. So then I landed in Maryland, which is the first dental school in the world. Mm-hmm. And love, 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 loved my education, even though it was really, really hard. Yeah. 
still in touch with a lot of the faculty and my colleagues who who we were in the same dental school class above and below in my class we were a tight-knit group and so i really enjoyed it but fast forward you know i did everything and for those of you guys who are students or thinking to be aspiring dentists or aspiring practice owners whatever hardship comes your way think of it as just a hurdle it's not the end of the world like if you get a C on a test or if you didn't pass your boards the first time or you didn't pass your licensing the first time. And I want to tell you that because there's always another test. Right. <laughs> so it's in the moment you might think, oh my God, I'm a failure. Oh my God, I didn't pass. Oh my God. It doesn't mean you're a bad dentist. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful. So what I'm trying to say is your academic grade or your pass fail rate isn't a true reflection of what kind of dentist you're going to be or what kind of business owner you're going to be. So I just want to let you know, nothing in life that's easy or nothing in life that's worthwhile is easy. Right. So right. There will be some hurdles and there are very few people where everything comes naturally to them. Like whatever they do, they're just excellent at. I mean, maybe they never went golfing before and they pick up a golf club and hit it like 300 yards. There are some people who are just naturally gifted in whatever they do. But that is the very end of the bell curve, you know? Right. So I don't want you to compare yourself or think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be good at this. You really have to think about, do I love this? Like if you don't love what you're doing and you're not passionate about it, then that's the number one indicator that you're in the wrong field. So right. if you are like, oh, I really want to go to medical school, but I couldn't get in, so I'll just do dental. That is not the right path for you. Mm -hmm. So students if you're thinking about this career go work in a dental office you need that exposure and work every job yeah you know and if somebody says can you do this your answer should not be that is not my job description your answer should be yes please teach me how to do it i'm happy to do it yeah that's awesome that is awesome okay so what happened after that okay so so, so you after finish that, yeah. you know, basically you just, you know, your path leads you doors open and, and you have to, for me, explore. And I was really into pediatric, even though my whole life I was ortho. And even as a dental student, I worked in private faculty in the ortho office. I worked in the, um, the ortho residency clinic alongside the residents and the professors that had private practices, I would work for them too on the side. And I could have gone into ortho, but I really was intrigued by pediatric dentistry and the hospital setting. Like I really wanted to be in the OR. I wanted to do operative. I wanted to do surgical procedures. And I realized that I really like oral surgery too. And I, but the schooling was so long. I just, it was too much for me. I was like, this is just going to take forever. So I'm not going to go down that route. And I end up doing pediatric residency back in Chicago, okay. but it was a hospital-based setting, not a school setting. So that I wanted to make sure that like I had hospital procedures under my belt. And so that was how it all started. And then made my way to having a startup dental practice for pediatrics and orthodontics, and then built a two. And I was on my way to building three, but in that time frame. I can say this now because I'm in my 40s and I might be aging myself, mm -hmm. but from 30 to 40 was the most dynamic decade of my life. Why? And for a lot of women and men, 
Okay. Mm -hmm. It's dynamic because you are finally graduating dental school, whatever, and, and maybe specialty or GPR, and you're finally getting your fingers wet. Okay. So you're still considered a new dentist under, you know, five years, right? And you're picking up your speed, you're picking up your communication skills, you're picking up what I shouldn't touch and diagnosing and, and what's patient is right for me, etc. You're learning all of that. So dynamically speaking, your career is taking off, right? And then there are life changes for most of us, right? Some of us are getting married for the first time, maybe a second time. Some of us are thinking, I want to have a family. So we're starting to have children. And that is dynamic for both men and women, not just women. But there are career changes and lifestyle changes that for professionals, whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, most professionals schooling goes right up until that edge of the 2930, right? right? So that 30 to 40 is very dynamic because now, I mean, now you're adulting, right? So right. you've got to pay the mortgage, you've got to pay your school loans, you're thinking about a business loan for practice, you're thinking about buying in, you're thinking, there's a lot of things that happen. And for me, I, I say when I turned 40, it was like the sweet spot because you finally feel like you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, work-wise, uh, family-wise, you feel like you're, you're in that groove and, and, and as you get older, it's easier. I had the luxury of starting my family a little later. So I had my career first. Okay. And so for me, I had my own practice for a good five years before I even had kids. So when I had children, my career was set. I I didn't have to worry about associates and who's covering maternity. For those who are doing all of it at once, like pregnancy, starting practice, there's a lot of change and it can be very stressful. And so that's why the 30 to 40 mark is a very dynamic period. Some people will break it up. So maybe in your thirties, you're doing your family thing. Right. And then maybe you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be a business owner until after my kids are a little older and more independent. So yeah. some people like to do one thing at a time. And then there, there's those of us that are gluttons for punishment that we would do everything at once. <laughs> and that's uh, overwhelming. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. So go back to that. So, okay. So at 40, just so I get the timeline, right? So at 40, so how many years had you been in private practice uh, and what were your kids' ages at the time when you turned 40 and you got into the next phase of career? That's a good question. Um, I have to backtrack. Let's see. <laughs> so I opened my office like 2008-ish, okay. 2008, 2009. Um, and that's when I got married. And then I had my first child at 2012. Okay. So it had been about six years. Okay. And... I was 36 when I had my first child. Okay. And then I had my second child two years after that. So that was 2014. Okay. But I started my new construction second office at the same time. So I had him in August. Um, when I, let's see, I opened. Yeah, so I had him in August of, of 2014 and then opened up my pra second practice 2014, December. Okay, all right, good. And good. so when I was 40, yeah, so then my oldest was four years old and my second was two years old when I was 40. Yeah, it's so cool that you say this because 
you know, I joke and your story is amazing, but like in my twenties, I had it all figured out 30. I said, I don't know a lot. And then 40, I even started questioning, do I know anything at all? Like you, there's, you go through these different phases. So take us, go back to that. And so as you, you said, I started trying, I started to say to myself, I kind of know what I'm doing here a little bit. What happened after that? Take us through that journey. Yeah. Well, you, you, you get on a roll, you figure it out like motherhood and fatherhood for those fathers who are the primary. So in every family, you pick who's going to be the primary and who's going to be the secondary, right? Caregiver. Um, and maybe in some families, you're both the primary, but that's a little unusual for everyone to be around. And my husband is a consultant, so he was flying around a lot. So I had to be the primary. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be the one on call of the school calls, et cetera. So you have to figure out who are the people that are going to help you because you cannot do this by yourself. Right. And it's just a lot of work. So whether it's a part-time nanny, full-time nanny, whether it's the grandparents, it takes a village. That expression is very true. You need to figure out who your village is. Yeah. And that support network is crucial to your success and right. your happiness. Yeah. And who was your village at the time? Who did you call on to be the most so important? It was my parents who lived close by. So, and then I had a full-time nanny okay. and a round of babysitters. And we made sure that we always had date nights. We made sure that our, our caregivers were there. And then until they got to school full-time, right? right. And we had part-time babysitters after school but there are days where the, the school might call, you need to pick up your kid, she's got a fever, and you're in the middle of a procedure. So you're gonna have to send a dental assistant to go pick up your kid and bring him to the office. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are some modifications that we all have to make and do and, and sacrifices in order to be able to do both dentistry and be a mom. A lot of mothers, have this feeling of guilt, like I'm not there enough for my kid, or I am not present enough, or if I was a stay-at-home mom, my kid might be better off. And those are all emotions and feelings that a lot of mothers feel that's normal. And you just have to do what's best for you. There are people like me that I wouldn't be a good mother if I was a full-time mom. You know, I just am not cut out to be a full-time mom. And God bless the full-time mothers because I think that's a harder job. For me, it's easier to go to work. I have full control of my workspace than it is to be at home full-time. And for me, I'm fulfilled personally with dentistry as my career, helping patients, seeing my patients and my team. That fulfills me. And if, if I didn't have that, then I'm not sure if staying at home while my kids are at school I'd find something in lieu of that that would be fulfilling. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Very, very well said. You know, and I think one of the things that's so cool about you, as I've listened to your podcast, I'm a huge fan. So if you guys are listening, you've got to follow Grace. You're extremely vulnerable with these things. It is awesome how transparent you are about your feelings and where you are in your life. And you give voice to this. Um, and again, I'm a stalker in a good way, in a healthy way. So in June of 2017, you accidentally stumbled on what you've created now. Can you tell us how that happened? Why sure, did it happen? I'd love to. Yeah, I would love to. So 
I really felt um, boxed out in my community. So I, I didn't feel like I had connection at the local dental society meeting. So I stopped really going. I didn't feel that uh, there was camaraderie. I did try to join study groups and local things, but many times we're told, you can't come because we already have a pediatric dentist, or you can't do this, or you can't. And it just was so off-putting. And there are certain cities where there's a lot of competition, whether you're in New York, Chicago, LA, and sometimes that competitive nature can get the best of people. And I just didn't want to play that game. Right. You know, I didn't want to go to a meeting and be fake. I didn't want to show up and say, you know, we're all cordial, but there's this air of uncomfortableness and awkwardness. And it's like, why subject myself to this? Like, why, why, for what reason? You know, so June of 2017, I, my husband, again, who he's a, he's an attorney by trade, but doesn't practice law. He does mergers and acquisitions. And one of his clients was having this huge law firm retreat. There's 200 lawyers all in one place. It's like working at a hospital, you know, there's 200 <laughs> places. And I'm like, they're not competitive with each other. They're all having a good time, right. you know, and, and they go golfing together. They do this together. They do that together. And I'm like, there's 200 of them all working for the same company. And they're all happy, like, you know, like why is dentistry so isolating and why is it so competitive, right? And I had belonged at the time to a lot of different dental Facebook groups and a lot that served me well. And what I found was that there wasn't really a space for me to ask questions such as, oh, I just got back from maternity leave. Did your schedule change? Or, oh, you know, my hygienist was working for me. She just got back from maternity, but she needs a place to, you know, um, pump or nurse or, or whatnot. And the comments from the men, they think they're funny, were not helpful at all. They would right. say things like, well, tell her to pump in the car and, and clock out, by the way. Or tell her to... Um, not come back to work until she's done with that. Or, you know, just things that were very short-sighted or not helpful. Not that they aren't being polite or, or professional. It's just, they don't get it, mm -hmm. right? They have someone at home taking care of all these things. They don't need to give birth. They don't need to have changes. Right. They don't need to think about changing their schedule. All is well for them because somebody, their tribe, their community, their hive, their support network is their wife mm -hmm. or spouse or partner, whoever, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, they have someone right. that does all of it, right? But as a mom, you know, you're at work and you're thinking about, okay, what am I making for dinner tonight? Or, oh my gosh, um, Jimmy's got his school play tomorrow. What do I need prepped for that? Or, oh, the birthday party this weekend. Did I buy the birthday gift? I need that wrapped. Right. Oh, Christmas and Hanukkah coming. I need to get all that. Oh, the play, the school, the this. So there's a gazillion things going on in a mom's brain while she's at work. And then right. when she's at home, she's thinking that temporary crown, it was rocking a little bit. I hope it stays on for, for the next two weeks. Oh, that patient who had a dry socket. I hope that he's doing well. Oh, my phone's ringing because I'm on call and um, little... Benjamin just got whacked in the face with a baseball bat and cracked number eight and nine. So it's never, you never turn off. 
right? So right. mother's brains don't ever turn off. And it doesn't matter if you're a dentist, you could be a realtor, you could be an engineer, you could be whatever, but as moms, the brains don't shut off. Right. And so that's why I felt that having mommy dentist in business was really important because my life completely changed after I had a kid. Okay, so after work, I didn't get to go to the gym and work out. Right. After work, I didn't get to go to the grocery store and go grocery shopping and food prep. After work, I didn't get to go to CE. I didn't get that time, you know? So once I became a mother, my whole life changed. And nobody can identify that with that unless they are a mother. Whether you're an adopted mom, a foster mom, whatever, responsible for a human being in the house. Right. In that role. And for me, as a woman, married woman, no kids, my life wasn't changed. Right. It changed until I had to keep another human being alive. Right. Right. It's so funny you say this. Now, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't want to get myself... I had a female dentist who's one of my favorite and she's listening. She's going to go that. I said that she told me one day, she said, Kirk, I love my husband. He's also a dentist. But what men don't understand is their lives don't really change when we have kids. A woman's life changes dramatically, you know, and it's exactly what you said. And it, your brain never shuts off. And he said, and she said, I've tried to communicate this with my husband and he empathizes, but he'll never understand. Now, I don't want to make this like a huge men versus women thing. That's not the whole point. I think by just the energy you've created, you're giving really good voice to, uh, would you call it a deep subjective pain that like, or, un, you know, challenge that people feel like how this caught wave big time like real big time. And so I, I want to go back to the origin of it. So we're, so in June, 2017, you watch this. What did you do after that? Like, how did, how did this become as so big as it I is? I just started my own Facebook group and okay. said, I'm going to call, I was like, I'm calling it this because that's who I am. Right. Okay. So I'm a mom, I'm a dentist, I'm in business. That's who I am. Right. And that's what it's going to be. All the mothers who are a dentist, and in business was a loose term. It was truly meant for business owners, like practice owners. But then I realized that there were so many women that needed this space. And in business was a little bit more loose, but in either intended to be a business owner or they were once a business owner and then retired and is an associate, but still they already had that 50 years of experience. You know what I mean? Like right. their grandmothers or their adult children are out of college and joining or out of dental school and joining them in the practice. Like, so you can't count that out, right? right? Like the collective experience. So that term was loose, but it, it blew up. It just blew up. I, and I didn't even know that you could make settings in your Facebook group. Like I didn't know you could be secret. You could be visible. I didn't know you could be hidden. I didn't know any, I just said, here it is. Right. And originally I put in, you know, 50 of my own dental school friends and referrals. And I was yeah. like, this is our click, okay? Yeah. So this is our little click. And then I'm at the airport and your phone goes ding, ding, ding every time somebody joins. And mm -hmm. my husband's like, who's calling you? I'm like, I don't know who's calling <laughs> me. And I'm like, the first day it opened, it was like 300 people had joined. Wow. And so um, then he, we, somebody was like, hey, Grace, you need to like restrict, like, you know, 
they gave me a tutorial on how to like do everything and restrict it. Otherwise patients can see it or anyone can join. So finally, you know, figured out the details and, and all that, but it blew up and I had my dental assistants working on it. I'm at the office working on it and we had to vet everyone to make sure we had to go back and make sure everybody was a dentist. We had to go make sure everybody's a mom. And we like, so we have a very like hardcore vetting process. And then as the community built, there were some community rules that developed. Right. right. And as a, in the very beginning, the community decided you need to have had the baby. Like you have to like mothers to be, and, and this wasn't something that we're trying to be mean or trying to, we're not trying to like be rude about it or, or politically making a statement or anything. The community decided, you know what, like you can join after the baby's born or you have the baby in the house or you've adopted the baby, like the baby's in your house, you know? And, and so there's some kind of ground rules that people feel very emotional about and it's triggering because it's a sensitive topic, which I totally understand, but also there needs to be some kind of line, right? There also needs to be some kind of like, okay, integrity of the group. Otherwise, what's the point, right? right. So many women want to join that aren't mothers. And I was like, well, then what's the point? I might as well call it women in women dentists in business, right? Right. Like then there's just no point of it. And our, our challenges, I'm sorry, are different. Right. And I, that's what I'm trying to say here, you know, and, and that's one of the main points that we have to, to consider in the community. So it's become, uh, it can be hairy, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't mean to be hurtful at all, yeah. you know, and it's nothing to say, it's nothing personal. Um, but at the end of the day, I tell people it's just social media. Right. Right. We're not the ADA. We're not a dot org. We're not a nonprofit. It's just a private Facebook. Yeah. But I would argue, can, I, can I'll just have some fun with you. It's more yeah. than social media. Like it's pretty cool what you've done. You've created education. You've got private events now. So it's blossomed into and I'll give you more credit than you're willing to give yourself. Like you're truly a pathfinder. Nobody's done this before. You're figuring out as you're going, like what to do in this whole oh, process. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and like you said, I'm just building the bike as I ride it. Right. And uh, that there's no other business that I can benchmark against to say, this is how you do it. Or I can't, right. there's no mentor guiding me through this. You know, I'm just building it as I go. And all of it has been based on the needs and wants and the demands of the community. So I'm not doing or making anything that I'm thinking, light bulb like i right. should do this it's actually the request what what's so great about this community is that they give me the feedback of what they're looking for and then i implement it mm -hmm. and so you know i have this whole team so we've got podcasts and webinars and live events and education and and partnerships with businesses whether they're dental or not and lifestyle and and it's like a sorority, if you will. And mm -hmm. so we have the sorority and, and we have volunteer doctors that do the regional leading, like in each area. We have sub, sub affinity groups, I call it, of different smaller Facebook groups of just your community, just your area. And so it's blossomed because they have all requested this. Yeah. I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> Somebody said, Grace, we should have our own podcast. And I said, okay, let's do it. I'll yeah. figure it out. You know, and, and, and for those of you who know me, 
and know me well, I'm a figure outer. Mm -hmm. Like I love figuring things out. Like if you said, gave me a task, I said, okay, I'll be, I'll come back to you and I'll have figured it out. So for, for me, it's, um, very much creative, but I'm not going to implement something that nobody has asked for. Right. It's extremely honest. Even the subject matter, like I'll scroll through and I'm like, oh no, I don't even think I've ever heard a podcast on this one. And it's amazing how you are just honest. Like, like, I don't know how else to be because you know, it's again, if I'm not who I am and I'm not authentic, then I lose credibility and I lose trust with my community and for my community to trust me that much, I have to be honest. And right. that's always been how I've practiced. Right. You know, so even in dental school, you, you know, the ethics class, I mean, I was a full believer in the ethics class. Like I didn't mm-hmm. cut any corners. I mean, I did everything by the book. And even with my private practice, I tried to do everything by the book that I, that I was aware of, you know, if something that I didn't know, I didn't know, but then if I found out, then I'd fix it. Right. So uh, for me, I think my community knows that I'm going to be the real deal and I, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm not, um, I'm confrontational Mm -hmm. and to the point and sometimes really blunt, Mm -hmm. but I feel that that, mode of communication is better than tiptoeing or skirting. Right. And so with the community, with the Facebook community, they know exactly what they're getting. I was like, you know, I don't pull the wool over someone's eyes. I don't do a bait and switch. So the community, the Facebook community trusts me to build the community and safeguard it. Now, if my, my staff and I make a mistake, like let's say, for example, we added, uh, we add about 50 to hundred new members a month. Okay. I'll get messages from people in my community saying, you just added so-and-so, she's not a mother. Mm. They they protect it. They protect the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's almost 10,000 people in the group. That's crazy. You know, and how am I supposed to know? You know, so, so my team and I, the way we vet is we look at their website because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, if there are practicing dentists. Most of them have a website or on someone's website or have their own website. And then most of them in their bio, we read their bio. Most of them have like at the bottom, their hobbies and what they like to do. So it says like loves spending time with my two kids or there's a family photo with the two kids, husband and a dog, you know? So it's like obvious, right? But then there are those that, that don't put it out there. They don't want the world to know about their family. They don't want the world or they work for a company, maybe like a DSO with, where the individual dentist's pictures aren't there. So we'll, we'll ask or, or we'll say, Hey, you know what? It looks like Facebook says that we have mutual friends, right? right? So then we'll ask the mutual friend, Hey, your friend is trying to join. Can you verify? Cause we can't figure it out. Yeah. You know? Um, so we do that too, but like, it sounds ridiculous and it, it's a lot of work. It really is. But I've actually had one mom lie and tell us that her friend was a mom. Oh my goodness. And so we added her to the group and sure enough, within three days, two other members sent me a private message and said, the girl that you just add, she's not a mother. People want to get in and you're right. You've got to hold it true to what it is. Now I have right. so many more questions and I know I can't I'm have you all. Sure, I'm sure. How, how much it's, time do you have? Do you have 
I have time. Yeah, I have time. Like I've got like another 15 minutes, but okay. like, yeah. Okay. So cool. Like, I just want to put out there that like, I'm trying not to be the bad guy here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to deliver the bad news, you know, and some people once they're in and then we remove them, get awfully upset about it. And I'm like, I'm really, really, really sorry. Like it is not my intent to hurt you or make you feel badly, but it's the integrity of the group. And if people are telling me that you can't be in here you know, and you don't fit the type criteria, I, I can't just let you in, you know, right. and I'm just the messenger and I feel badly, you know? And so yeah. it's like, I have to take the hit, but really it's the group. And recently I was in a magazine, like some kind of, not a magazine, I was recently in someone's like online article and somebody bashed me and said that I was an awful person Why? because I wouldn't let people into the group that oh. or I kick people out or whatever. And I was just like, look, you don't even know the circumstance. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Right. As an observer, I would just tell you, just let that go, you know, hold true. Cause you're doing a remarkable job. And then also let me go back to the honesty thing. Um, you know, I think everyone would agree the honesty and the ethics and the integrity of a group. And I will say this about you and you've already observed this of uh, Grace, if you're listening to this podcast is you say this, you say what you want to say in such an elegant way that it's not abrasive because there are people that are just honest and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can listen to it because it's divisive. I think at the end of the day, you're still trying to bring people together. You're still trying to present like even the, the, you know, the primary secondary thing, you say that so well and with elegance. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if I can give it and, um, you know, I want you, like your community has grown so much. I want to, so like, I'm going to have you back again and again and again. <laughs> if, if, oh, if you're so I kind. call that violent holding. And so, oh, um, you're so kind. here's one of my questions. Okay. So we're sitting here. I'm meeting you for the first time. Two years from now, we're going to have a, actually, I'm going to put a, 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 a timestamp on this. Two years from now, I'm going to hold up my coffee. You're going to hold it. And I'm going to go, Grace, tell us what's been going on. And if you say to me, I love this, what are you going to report? Where is mommy dentist and business going two years from now? It's anyone's guess, but where do you want it to go? Where would you want this to go? Where are you headed? So I think for me, again, it's what they want, right. you know? So I just want to make an analogy here. So my dental practices, it wasn't always about me. Yes, I was the face of it, but I made my dental practices not about me. So I worked with a team of associates and employees that were so awesome. And this Facebook group isn't about me. Yes, I am the face of it. But it's really what the community wants, right? And, and and how they feel fulfilled. People have come up to me in person and said, you've changed my life. You've changed, I was so alone or I, it just changed my life. I've had spouses come up to me at meetings and say, you've changed my wife's life. She was miserable, always upset, always stressed out. And now she's always talking about this group and finding help and getting answers and getting advice and feeling like she's not a failure, feeling like she's not a bad mom, feeling... And I'm like, you know, it's not, I, I instigated it. I started the group, but it's really the community. It's really the group that is the glue. I am not the glue. The, the cloth has been cut, yes. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the quilt, it's every single patch on the quilt that makes the quilt. 
you know, I may have started the stitch, but these women have threaded it together. And that to me is so impressive. Like that to me is what I'm proud of. I am proud of the community. And, and in a couple of years, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and the thing is like, there's only so much time in the day, right? And I have three signature events a year and they are our annual general summit. It's called the social summit okay. and it grows every year. We started with 80, 220, 300. So it grows every year. And then we have our CEO roundtable. That's the smallest one. And that was originally only supposed to be like 25 people, but the demand of it is so built. Like, so we just had one a month ago and we doubled in size, 50 people. And I just had an email come through from a doctor saying, can we go back to 25? Like, I really just want to be 25. And um, so I was like, I, I can't put, I can't put on event after event after event, you know? Right. So then we have our clinical event, which is in between. So that's about like a hundred doctors. And, and usually we'll get hosted by a manufacturing company that has like the clinical space to have us. And so we do three a year, but you know, because the CEO roundtable was so, so in demand, we're repeating it. I had like a, a, a wait list and our CEO roundtable sells out in 48 hours. Wow. And um, so we're repeating the one we just did in Laguna Beach in February. So next year I'll have done, I'll put on four, but really, you know, for me, my bandwidth is three because it takes a lot of time and effort. Right. Our subscribe, we have subscribe members. So our official subscribe membership is an annual, like around $600 a year. And what they get is the free CE, access to the events, lifestyle discounts and discounts to our vendors and distributors and supply companies. And, and they get more just access to things, right? So right. we've had a lot of success with our education and we, we love it. We love all of our you know, professors that come and teach and, and lectures. And so it's been great to see the community grow and see how it's fulfilling a need. So this niche, we're the largest online niche for dental in this regard. And I think what makes it successful in people's eyes is that we trace, we stay true to who we are, yeah. but we're fulfilling the needs of the members. So oftentimes you'll get doctors complaining about, Oh my gosh, I joined this membership, this student membership. It's like $2,000 or $1,500, but I get nothing out of it. I don't know what I'm paying for. Oh, you're paying for, you know, political actions committee or lobbying. And that to me is very important. Like, yeah. I think being a member of the ADA, being a member of your state dental student, I think that is very important. And which I've always been since dental student, but I'm trying to provide value here, right? right? So it's, this isn't, I know that you don't need the CE and, and you get your clinical CE from Spear, Seattle, Study Club or whatnot. But what we're trying to bring to you is something that you guys are asking for that's specific, right? Yeah. So they're specifically asking for an, a, a discussion from an acupuncturist, a discussion from a gynecologist, a discussion from, you know, um, the dermatologist, like, specific things, personal training or whatnot. And so we go a little deeper, we dive a little deeper or a, a, a nanny agency just because we are trying to, again, fulfill the needs and requests of mothers. Yeah. I love this. And I know you have to go and I'm so sad that you have to go, but um, I, I'm going to encourage everyone that's listening, please check out, you know, Grace's website, her podcast. It's 
awesome. Like it is just awesome. I think what you're doing is special. And um, maybe last words on this. If I'm a 32 year old young mother and I'm just listening, what do you want to tell me? If you are a 32 year old young mom who who has children under the age of three, hang in there. The chaos will slow down. I think the very first year of baby's life is the most difficult. The first 12 months are so hard. Why? And that's why I think people, because you, it's, it's first time mom, you're nervous. You don't really know what you're doing. You you feel very self-doubted. You feel like your body is finally coming to, right? So it's not just the baby, it's you physically, hormonally, how you're changing and morphing. And you might feel like, oh my gosh, I can't wear the outfits I was wearing before baby, or, oh my gosh, so much is changing. My hair is falling out. Oh my gosh my mood swings or, oh my gosh, I have postpartum. Oh my gosh, your hormones are raging. And you have to think like it took a year to get to where, you know, to having a baby and and your body changing. It's going to take another year to get your body back. And when you're a mom, the last thing that falls into place is your self-care. Like things that you did before the baby, like manicures or going to get a massage or even working out like exercise you know you're so focused on that baby and then you know the second part is your spouse like having that relationship with your spouse that gets thrown on the back burner right so everyone's focused on the baby i think you just have to pull you know take the lens out and just think like okay it's going to all come back together again it just takes time so you're overwhelmed right now and then layer that on top of dentistry it's okay to feel frantic. It's okay to feel the way you do. I used to pump in my car. I used to, when I was nursing, I would um, drive to work and hook up my machine and pump as I drove. You know, I would remember being in the hospital OR, I had to pump in the bathroom. I, I remember, you know, trying to make it work and it's juggling. And all of a sudden, you know, at, again, you're going to have like 10 bags with you because you need 10 totes to put everything in. So those things are overwhelming, but it's a short minute in time in the long run and you can get through it. So if you're 32 and you're in the thick of things and you just want to give up and cry, cry it out, have your cry session and really think about how to make this work and what's doable for your sanity. And there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. So I know we have to wrap up, but I'm going to say this, you guys check this out. Our, we put, we're going to put this all in the show notes where you can find out more about mommy dentist in business. I'm going to highly encourage you to check it out, follow her podcast. And then Grace, can I get you scheduled again? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And for the, I just want to also say to the young listeners, there's two books on Amazon. Please. And you guys should read them because it's not just, it's not just my chapters or anything like that. I've invited 10 other, you know, 15 other dentists that write along with me and they're like advice to my younger self and like pearls of wisdom. You guys have to read it. It's a fast read. You can read it on an airplane. You can read it anywhere. Well, tell us, tell us about what's the name of the books. So just go on Amazon and just look up Mommy Dennison Business okay. and you'll find two versions. There's, okay. you know, one topic about balancing life and then the other one is about advice to my younger self. But you guys really, it's inspirational. It's a fast read. And I think that every young mother or not young mother or any mommy dentist really should read it. Love it. Love you'll it. laugh and you'll cry. 
<laughs> so make sure you guys check that out. And Grace, thank you so much for being on. I am so grateful. So thank you for having me. You're you're amazing. You're awesome. Your energy. I just I'm like, I need whatever you're drinking. <laughs> I have like 10 more questions I want to ask you. And so we'll get there. I'll share. We'll and it's only, there. it's only coffee. That's all it is. Well, until, until like You're five. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, cool. We'll stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the best practice show podcast. If you enjoyed today, which I know you did just do us a favor, hit the share button, make sure you check out mommy dentist in business, the website, the podcast, get both of the books. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And, and uh, I am definitely going to have Grace back again and again and again and again. Oh, so thank you. I'm happy to. Awesome. So until we see you guys next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practice show. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.